Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you want to adjust your loan options in real time, when you want the ability to do that. Folks, remember... Rocket can. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. And while I got plenty on the docket, we got WrestleMania coming up. I've already lost count of which WrestleMania it is. I'm sure Pirno will very, very quickly correct me. Guys, ladies, friends, countrymen, it's moving day at the Masters. Hit it, Pirno! A tradition unlike any other, and we found out about it earlier this week as we went from November to April, and Justin Rose was able to seize the day on Thursday, a 7-under 65. Gave him a wide margin at the top of the leaderboard, but Friday, a different story. Easier for everybody else. It was tougher for Justin Rose. He had to mark on his scorecard at number 8 that is he going to let this tournament beat him again, bring him to his knees again? He was able to answer with this on number 8. A birdie kept Justin Rose at the top of the leaderboard, but now he has company. 2015 champion Jordan Spieth right there in his rearview mirror. Hideki Matsuyama lurking in the weeds as well and bringing up the pack and coming in a hurry. The big hitter, Bryson DeChambeau, now at one under. Today is Saturday, and you know what that means. It's moving day here at the Masters. Hello, friends. Jim Nance alongside of Nick Fado, Peter Costas on nine. Also, Johnny Miller will join us as well as Gary McCord from his home because pandemic or not, Gary McCord is not welcome on the grounds here at Augusta National. All right, how was it? Hello, was friends. It? Oh, that wasn't okay. How was it? How was it, Pierno? Scale of one to ten, how was it? No, you did very well because uh, I know you were very nervous going into this. You were because uh, I, you I sure did if it. You were able to duplicate what you did in your pre-show video, but uh, you were excellent. Because I did it, and I did it on the pre-show. I put it out as like a promo, like "Let's go! It's Moving Day at the Masters. Let's go, everybody! Come on! We love this tournament. We like to have fun with this tournament. And for I, I should hate this tournament. I'm going to tell you why coming up here momentarily. Uh, for all the reasons, though, for all the reasons I, I should hate it. I love it. And I did it, and I did it just right at the camera, one take, boom, put it out there, fired up the computer, away we went. And I go, it went so well on the phone, I'm going to mess this whole thing up. I'm going to forget names. I'm going to mess this whole thing up when we go Flawless. live on the radio. It was perfect. Whew. 
Sebastian Munoz. He's three over as we start off this moving day live on CBS. It's a good day. Are you a golf fan, Pierno? I do like golf, especially the majors. When the majors come around, I'm definitely locked in. This is, I think this is almost a perfect time. I, I, I know that some of the conversation to begin the week turned into Tiger and without Tiger. I have a very weird relationship with golf and the Masters and my history and everything like that. For all the reasons, and I'm about to tell you why now, I should hate the Masters. I should I should really not like golf. I should really not like the game. Pierno knows me, and he's gotten to know me pretty well over time, and so is Connor Green and, and Hickey and a lot of guys. I'm a pretty open book, and I like to talk on the phone. Pierno hates talking on the phone. If, if Pierno was more open to talking on the phone, I'd be on the phone with him every single day talking about God knows what. But I know he hates talking on the phone. I, I am a simple person. I have simple tastes. I, when it comes to like clubs and secret societies and things like that, like I'm interested in that. I'm interested in the Bilderberg Group and the Illuminati and, and the Masons and all that stuff. And I know that if I'm not welcome, I'll just say to hell with you, to hell with your club, I don't care. When it comes to the Masters, and maybe it's because, I don't, I don't know, it's just something that my friends always got into. It's one of the signs of spring. It's like you have opening day in baseball. And before that, I mean, the Masters every now and then was before opening day in baseball back when I was a kid, if I'm not mistaken. So you'd have opening day in baseball. You'd have the Masters, and, and all of a sudden, you're off. You're, you're off and running with your summer. The weather changes. Maybe it rains. Maybe you get that elongated rain going on, but things are great. There's always something I should, because of their strict rules, because of no running on the green, because they kick Gary McCord out, because they don't like Johnny Miller, because I'm not allowed. I've had Jim Nance on the show, and I wanted to advocate for him to be a member at Augusta, at Augusta National, and I was told, like, don't do that. They, if they if anybody hears this, they don't like that. Do you, they, they decide who becomes a member at Augusta National. They do not take any sort of people campaigning for them. They don't take nominations. It is invitation only, and if you make a big deal about it, you can forget it. I didn't, I didn't know that. I had no clue. And so for all those reasons, I should hate it. I brought it up in November. I should hate Augusta. I should hate the Masters. But I like it. In fact, I don't just like it. I love it. I'm taken in by the pageantry. I'm taken in by when Tiger was was at the very beginning of his march to greatness. I'm a kid, and I come from simple folks. My dad's not a golfer. My family members, I can't think. I got a cousin who does very, very well in Canton, Ohio. I love him dearly, and I'm very, very proud of him. My cousin Jimmy. He lives on a golf course. I don't even know how much he golfs. I don't know if he actually golfs. I do not come from a golfing background. We're simple folks. The Carmens work on cars. The Carmens like football and baseball. I like basketball. We're, we're very simple folk. Proud folk, but simple folk. Tiger Woods changed all that. Tiger Woods got me into golf. I had a great big it used to be a nursery. I had a great big field in the back behind my house when I was a kid. We put, we took cups, dug into the hole, put the cups in there. We got old clubs. I had a World War II veteran's wife's clubs from the 1940s that were left-handed that I golfed with. So even though we could say whatever we want to about Tiger Woods, like that led to the golf boom, and I'm terrible at it. I suck at golf. 
I don't take it too terribly seriously, and I just enjoy a day like today. I enjoy the Masters, even though over the first couple of days, I have to admit, I haven't got to watch a ton, if any, of the Masters so far. Thursday was a mess. My son lost his baseball glove. I couldn't take him to baseball practice. I'll get into that later on. Yesterday, I had to go and get him a glove to replace the glove that he lost that he had on his hand earlier this week, and I had to go do a bunch of other stuff. I got back. It's like 6.30, 7 o'clock. I'm watching as many highlights as I possibly can. I'm watching as much of the golf as I possibly can. But I did not get to do what I usually do, which is Thursday afternoon. I, I watch Golf Channel as much as I can. ESPN Plus, ESPN as much as I can, and then when 3 o'clock comes around, we're watching the Masters. We're watching the Masters on Friday, CBS's coverage. We're watching CBS's coverage on Saturday. Like, I have not got to do that this year. So it's it's part playing catch-up. It's part it, it's part just trying to, to jump back into rhythm because we just did this back in November. But I'm not going to be able to give you, and I'll have Jimmy Hanlon coming up, my good buddy from Fox Sports. Uh, I'll have Jimmy Hanlon coming up at 11 o'clock Eastern. He'll tell you about the about the track. He'll tell you about the changes in the course, how slow, how fast, the differences between Thursday where the course was really, really hard compared to where it was on Friday where it really eased up for a lot of people. He knows that. I don't. And I'm going to let him talk about it coming up at 11 o'clock Eastern today. But it's just another one of those things that I think help us feel a little bit better. Last year was a rough year. We had to push everything back. I agreed, and I usually don't do this, certainly not in the open. I know that he loves to talk about me in the opening part of his segment. I agreed wholeheartedly with Andrew Filipponi to the point where I, I highlighted his point, stole it, and then used it on my own show where I think I think the PGA, I think the USGA, Pro Golf, I think they made a tremendous mistake last year. And I and, and part of it, I know that they don't know. They, they didn't know. We didn't know the science. They didn't want to look bad. But when all the other sports were were put on hold, we look at golf, man, you guys could have done really, really well with this. And instead, the ratings weren't what we thought. And I told you, I, I thought that there was a cannibalization. I'm a, I'm a football fan first, but I'm a sports fan. And I like to play golf. I like to recreate. Again, I'm not good, and I think that's part of the fun of it. I'm going to watch the Masters. I'm going to go out of my way to watch the Masters. I'm going to go out of my way to try to watch it today. And I, because of NASCAR, and I love NASCAR, I'll get to watch that tonight, and then I'll get to watch the Masters tomorrow uninhibited. It's going to be great. I'll watch as much of baseball as I can locally, but I'm going to be watching the Masters because it's a big deal. It's a sporting event. It's a sporting event that's a big deal. When you have it during the fall on an NFL Sunday, there's a lot of people who may pay attention. But most people, hey, I only, I only get my team once a week. The, the next Masters is coming up here in, oh, what, five months? I'll watch the next Masters coming up in five months. I, I got to watch my Carolina Panthers. I got to watch my New York Giants. I, I, I got to watch my Cowboys. I think a lot of people made that decision. And when you see some of the ratings, there's other reasons that people want to say it as well. When you see some of the ratings, I think that's a big, big, pro- big, big problem with what happened in 2020. We thought it was going to be this vast cornucopia of sports, and the hardcore sports lover loved it. But for the general population, I think a lot of people were kind of thought it was overkill and decided to go with what they know. And what they know during the fall, football. What we know right now, golf. The Masters. The PGA, the Masters, 
seeing some of the greats, telling the stories. I saw uh, Seve Ballesteros, his birthday was, I believe, yesterday. Would have would have been his 64th birthday. I was looking at some of the highlights when I woke up this morning on, on the PGA Tour on their Facebook page, seeing some of that. Like you, it, A lot of this is, is memories, and, and you get nostalgic towards it, and that's part of the fun of it. So today is a, is a big day, and today is a lot of fun for everybody, and watching the PGA, enjoying the PGA. I'm looking at Phil Mickelson now. And it's a lot of fun for, for everybody involved. And I don't think, and I'll get into this as well after Jimmy comes on at 11.20 this morning. Jimmy's on at 11 o'clock Eastern. I'll talk about this at 11.20. I don't think the PGA's in any sort of trouble. I think the PGA, I think pro golf is going back to where it was, which is still a good place. And golf in general, it may still be better because I think golf in general is having a boom. Because most people have been still working from home. Maybe they're getting back into a rhythm of returning to work. The golf industry had a huge boom. I think it was the most equipment they've sold since the Tiger boom in 96. The most equipment the golf industry has sold just this last year during the pandemic. Most since 96, if I'm not mistaken. Courses are packed. If the weather breaks at all, I drove by a couple of courses. I mean, you can't find a parking spot, let alone be able to get a tee time. So I still think the game is in a good place. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. If you have a thought about the Masters, go ahead, give it to me. It's a different type of open than it was. I'll get into Sam Darnold. I, I think there is a strong, strong conversation to be had of nature versus nurture when it comes to Sam Darnold in the 2018 class. I'll get to that next, but it is. It's Master Sunday. We got the music. We got the piano. We got Amen Amen Corner, say your prayers. We got Angel Cabrera, who's in a Brazilian prison right now. Is this part of the torture that they play for Angel Cabrera in the Brazilian prison? I don't know what he did. They're being quiet about it, but the last thing I saw, I'm not kidding you, he faces a firing squad. I don't even know what sentence to say after I say something like that. Hello, friends. Jim Nance here with the Brazilian prison and Hell Cabrera. Hello, friends. The former Masters champion now facing a firing squad. Under three different counts that nobody will tell us. And Hell Cabrera, the former smoke him if you got him, is in danger of being smoked. It's the Masters. It's the firing squad here on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Your thoughts on the Masters. Also, nature versus nurture and the 2018 class. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. What a weekend. What a weekend it is. We got we got the Masters. We got WrestleMania. Vic Joseph from the WWE joins us at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific here on CBS Sports Radio. We'll preview night one of WrestleMania. It's a two-night affair. Oh, how convenient he comes on when I'm out of here. You'll still be there. You'll still be there. You can talk to him. Hang, if you I'm want. not hanging around. You Go hang home. out anyway. You're, oh, you're going right home today of all days 
You usually hang out for at least another half an hour. No, not that long. Maybe like 10 minutes or so. Oh, there's been times I have started the 1240 segment and you've still been there. Yes. Yeah, that is true. Exactly. Thank you very much. Yeah, Vic Joseph from the WWE texted me a, a couple weeks back. What was the top five, top five wrestlers or Fini what was uh, it? Finishers, wrestling finishers. Yeah, top five wrestling finishers. Vic was uh, upset with with his list. Now, in in Pierno's defense, America, his list was pretty good. I thought it was a great list. When you did the Yokozuna Banzai, I thought that was great. There were plenty of people who had problems with it when it came to finishers. But there were people. Well, you, got, you guys don't remember the old school. The, the finishers, the quote-unquote finishers, you could go back to maybe there were a couple with tag teams and there were like the figure four. I don't see the figure four as a finisher. And part of what, like, people, Ken, where was Ric Flair's figure four? Ric Flair did that to build things. Look at Sting. He did that to build it up. It was all to build up the good guy and to get him to roll out of it or start to pound his chest and get out of it. It wasn't a finisher for Ric Flair. I mean, every now and then when he was up against a jobber it was, but not not a, not at championship matches. People are very selective about it. But that's why I want to defend Pierno a little bit, because it is a subjective practice. But, yes, WrestleMania is today and tomorrow. Two we'll nights. talk about that. Two nights. Which I don't, which I don't like. I, I feel like it, I uh, it, it takes away from the event. I agree. It doesn't feel as special now. Yes, sir, I agree. I, I actually agree with you on that. But um, you know we're still we're still coming out of the pandemic. They gotta they gotta get their money back on it. And of course it's it's on Peacock well, no, I mean, now. It's, ne it's never gonna go back. I miss the way it's gonna be permanently now. Two nights, oh, God. Two two nights is too much. Well, why One wouldn't day, you? I mean, why wouldn't you if you're the WWE? I, mean, from I, I a got money. I got standpoint. a thousand reasons. I got a thousand reasons. You don't have the Super Bowl over two days. It's one big moment. It's one. No, I you don't agree have, with you. Don't you, have two NCAA I mean, championships. I mean, now you sell, you're selling tickets for two different nights now. You could, yeah, I get that, but I just I am one hundred percent with you. I hate just, it, but I'm I mean, a person financially says, from their standpoint. But I look at it and say, the people who like that type of thing, they're going to pay an exorbitant amount for it. I say, just charge more for the ticket. Have it on one night. Charge more for the ticket. It's already a seven-hour event. Now I got to stretch this thing into two nights. It's overkill. Yeah, because now they now they do four and four now. Exactly. A championship is a championship is a championship. A national championship college football game is held on one night. Super Bowl, one night. The NCAA tournament, while held over the course of a couple of weeks, the championship is one evening. See, the thing is they feel a need to get like everybody on the roster involved in some way, it's dumb. and it's so dumb. stupid. I it's mean, dumb. It's dumb. Exactly. Not everybody totally should get a match. It's a special night. There should be the best of the best working on this particular night. It's WrestleMania. Okay? R WrestleMania 3, they featured the best of the best. Those people who are out there were the best of the best. And I think that would motivate some of your other performers yes. to, hey, you know, you. I want to get on the car next year for WrestleMania. Maybe let's, Thank up, you. Up, up, let's up my game now. You going to play wrestling themes for the entire show? Yeah, make sure Connor. Make sure Connor. Yeah, he better damn well get the me the memo. So we got the Masters, we got WrestleMania, we got calls eight five five two one two four CBS. I mean, I had a great big football monologue I had ready, and I still have it ready. I might do that at ten forty. I want to get to David in Buffalo though. Come on, let's get the birds chirping. Let's take a look at the green green grass. Damn it, it's the Masters. Let's go, David Buffalo. You're next up. CBS Sports Radio. Hello. What's up, Ken? How you doing today? Doing wonderful, friend. I'm watching. I, I got the plus on, so I'm watching uh, Adam Scott tee off right now at the third. 
So I'm, I'm enjoying myself right now. I got to tell you, David, I hope you're well. Go ahead, bud. Yeah, yeah. So it's been an exciting tournament so far. I, I, I think the first day was a real culture shock to those guys coming in from, uh, you know, last year. I mean, or at least the fans, too. Um, you know, the way the golf course was set up. And then yesterday, I think when the humidity kicked up, I think the course got a little bit easier. The guys were able to be more aggressive, go at the pins more. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that course is set up today because, to me, you know, you always talk about Saturday being like a moving day. And I, I think, to me, after how Dustin Johnson shot 20 under last year, I think they want to keep it somewhere around maybe 9 or 10 under at most. And I, I think it's going to be tough today. I think there's going to be a lot of tough hole locations out there. And uh, I'm, I think it's I, the guy I'd love to see win is Zalatoris, man. I mean, 18 months ago, this kid had no status. I mean, you guys were just talking about, like, funny, I'll make a WrestleMania analogy. That would be the equivalent of a guy who was like an independent wrestler <laughs> wrestling like at a high school gym, and now he's in the main event of WrestleMania. I mean, that, that's kind of the analogy I would make with yeah. him. Um, it's an incredible spot for him. Um, Justin Rose, the comeback he's made, I mean, the equipment change he made where he got away from the stuff he was playing and chased money and, you know, kind of went after some, some stuff that probably he shouldn't have, and, and now he's he's got the lead at the Masters. Pretty cool spot for him, so I just love the contrast of styles here in these last few groups. I think it's going to be great. I, I agree with you, David. Uh, I, I think that uh, – let me ask you something because I know you're a pro. How how much does it change – I'm going to ask Jimmy Hanlon about this coming up at 11, but I want to ask you too. How much does it change from fall in Augusta to spring in Augusta with the track? Can I call it a track? Oh. I know it's the grounds at Augusta. I, I beg your pardon. Don't beat me. Yeah, there's no doubt it definitely changes. I mean, and you know this from playing golf different times of the year. I mean, you know, when you go play Valley Eagles or you play any of the public courses around Cleveland there, I mean, courses change over the uh, the time of the year. I mean, in the summertime, the ball's going to go a little bit further. Um, you know, in the spring, it's going to be a little softer and a little wetter. Um, so it, it definitely changes for sure. I mean, there, there's no doubt in the fall, they got the course in great shape, but uh, it wasn't the traditional Augusta. And you know, you're going to see, I think, today they're going to, you know, with the sub-air system underneath the green, they're going to try and suck some of the water out of it and the moisture. And uh, I think it's going to be a little firmer and faster this afternoon. David, I can't thank you enough for the call. Of course, David, one of our PGA pros who calls in. We thank you very much, my friend. David in Buffalo for the Masters. Just watching it now. No, I, I, I think the Masters is, and I told you in the open, I think the Masters is one of the uh, the special things that we, we host in America. I know there's a history. Uh, some of it ugly, uh, some of it very positive. Uh, I think one of the things that have been done, now I don't know if I should say this publicly because I don't even know, but one of the things that I would like that I could find is that you could find like the 86 Masters and Jack on day four and him moving in the back nine. Uh, you can still find that on YouTube and some of the other stuff. So it becomes, it really does, it becomes very nostalgic. You look at Tiger Woods and th- you know, the Masters championships that he celebrated, including a couple years ago. Uh, there's a lot of things that you could find with it. But for spring golf, and I'll try. I, I usually have because pro- I don't like to golf alone. I've golfed alone a couple of times when I lived right next to a golf course, basically when I lived on the west side of Cleveland, the far west side. And so I would go alone every now and then and do like a speed round. Like I was basically like George H. W. Bush out there with how fast I could play. I I hate golfing alone. I hate golfing in a big group. I like golfing with my co-host. Uh, he's very easy going for the most part, except he's got the yips. So he's gotten angrier over time. Lima's gotten angry. He's become angry on the course, which I don't like. Spring golf usually, though, is tough because the ball plugs. I like fall. I like the foliage. 
I know it's harder to find my ball, but there's just nothing better September, October. It The leaves changing, summertime in the middle of things when it's scorched, that's probably the worst. It would probably go fall, then spring, then summer, because sometimes you, you just get out there and it's just hotter than hell. It's just hotter than hell. But, no, watching the Masters is the first time for a guy like me where I love golf, I'm not like I love playing and I'm terrible at it. I'm not a psycho for it, so I'm not like waiting for the weather to turn at every moment. But usually the Masters is the first time I go, all right, it's it's time to get the clubs out, scrape or clean off the clubs, wash them down, get my grips ready, get the bag ready and 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 get out there on the golf course and go play. Like the Masters is what symbolizes it. So just watching this and especially in the spring, I think it makes a ton of sense for a lot of people that okay, now my years are, are starting to go in the in the proper direction. Because it did. It threw me off last year. I think it threw a lot of people off, and maybe even at the beginning of this year, it threw a lot of people off. Where you're now just starting to get into a rhythm of, of normal time and, and normalcy with it. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Coming up at 11, 11 o'clock Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Jimmy Handler going to join us. Fox Sports, we'll talk with him about these 2021 Masters who he thinks can can settle things down on moving day, make a jump on moving day, who might fall behind on moving day. We're paying attention to Justin Rose today. It wasn't up and down. As much as I was joking and doing the Jim Nance voice, it wasn't up and down round for him. Got better on the back nine. We'll talk about all that with Jimmy Hanlon. Coming up at noon Eastern, Vic Joseph, WWE commentator. We got the top five. We got worker shoot. We got all the good good stuff. And a way to re-rack the 2018 draft class. I have an argument of nature versus nurture, especially when it comes to Sam Darnold. It's coming up next. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio right now. It's the latest sports update with Marco Belletti. One, two, is this on? Yo, Jimmy, hit me with that triple H. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Jimmy Hanlon, Fox Sports, PGA Pro, joins us 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. We talk Masters with him, obviously. Also, we get that top five subject coming up at 11.20 a.m. Eastern. I imagine it has something to do with wrestling. It might be golf. He might swerve me. I have no idea what Pierdo is going to do. Top five coming up at 11.40 a.m. Eastern, coming up at high noon. Vic Joseph, WWE commentator, will give him what's in store for uh, WrestleMania tonight. And also, he shocked me with his most overrated wrestler when we talked yesterday. I'm going to tell America who that is coming up at high noon Eastern. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. A lot of strong words being thrown at Bill Belichick. I'm going to get to that coming up here in a bit as well. Nature versus nurture. Sam Darnold got me thinking. Sam Darnold got me thinking. He got me thinking about the 2018 class, and he got me thinking about the 2021 class. Because I'm still, I'm trying, guys, I am trying so hard, and it's so hard to do. You learn a habit, and it's hard to change that habit. When you're told something as a child that this is the way it's done, and later on you have to change and you know that for what's right, you have to change. It's hard to do. That's why people don't want to admit when they're wrong. They get comfortable. This is why we have old thoughts. This is why we struggle to bring some people on. That's why as people get older, they get more stuck in their ways. This has worked for a long time. 
This has been successful for a long time. It's hard for me to get out of it because people like to be comfortable when it comes to their lives and certainly when it comes to their thoughts, even in sports. It's hard for me to build Justin Fields up without tearing down somebody else, notably Mac Jones. I see Mac Jones, and I want to tell people, I go, if you put Justin Fields next to Mac, next to Mac Jones and you did, you knew what quarterbacks were, you knew how important quarterbacks were, you never saw either of them play. Which guy are you taking to be the quarterback of your football team? Which guy? You're taking Justin Fields. I was listening to Pick 6 podcast earlier this week, and I love those guys, and Will Brinson was talking about the San Francisco 49ers and about Mac Jones and Ryan Wilson, and God love him, and I'll have Ryan on again on this show later on this month. Ryan is pro-Mac Jones, and I'm going, what does he do that's exceptional? The arm strength, the athleticism, what's he do that's exceptional? What does he do? What does he do that I'm not seeing? I see Justin Fields with his athleticism and rocket arm. I Trey Lance looks like a giant out there, like a second-coming athlete of Ben Roethlisberger. Trevor Lawrence, same, same scenario. Zach Wilson, good with the anticipatory throws, great, great crisp mechanics, strong enough arm, gets the job done. I can see raises the level of the team that he plays for. I can see what he does. What does Mac Jones do? And I don't want to rip Mac Jones. I don't know the guy personally. He seems to come from good stock. I saw the story about his family. He seems to come from good folks. It's hard for me to not rip the guy when I'm trying to make an argument. But I need to know what's special. And I see nature versus nurture here. Justin Fields comes from a program that, that rifles off quarterbacks really, really quickly, even though Alabama does the same thing. I wonder if coaches, especially a guy like Kyle Shanahan, sees a guy like Mac Jones and figures he can do something with him and mold him his way and, and take care of him his way and build him up the way he wants to. But what I hear about when I was listening to the pick six on CBS, and I hear about, well, Mac, you, you see the way that Kyle Shanahan schemes up an offense, and they got great athletes, a good offensive line. You'll put Mac Jones in bootleg, and he'll roll out left and right, and he'll be able to hit wide open wide receivers. And I'm thinking, do I want Mac Jones in bootleg, or do I want Justin Fields in bootleg? Do I want to roll out Justin Fields, who will look for, for receivers, not just take off and run, who will look for receivers, or do I want Mac Jones? I don't, I don't think that that's a question. And so I, I'm simply gobsmacked by that thought. I, I'm simply thrown off by that thought. And it did make me think of Sam Darnold earlier this week when he was traded with Nature versus Nurture. Because Justin Fields... Looks strong, all the things that I want. And I said, if I looked at him and I put him next to Mac Jones, I'm taking Justin Fields every single time. Mac Jones, I don't know what he can do on the whiteboard. We can't see it. I don't know what he can do in breaking down an offense and then breaking down a defense. I, I'm not privy to those conversations. Maybe it is different. But I see the nurture part of it, and it, and it hit me about Mac Jones, because I, I think that when, when I'm looking at number three overall, maybe Mac Jones becomes the greatest, and I look like a, a fool in a few years, or may, maybe Mac Jones just becomes another version of Jimmy Garoppolo, a higher-drafted version of Jimmy Garoppolo, the guy that you already have. Maybe he comes, and I, I, I hate to put this on him, because it feel like I'm going to be putting the Maloik on him, maybe he just becomes the next version of Sam Darnold. But then you bring in nature versus nurture and go back to the 2018 class because I asked to myself driving in my truck, what if 
Sam Darnold wasn't drafted by the Jets. What if this went differently? Now, in my city, I was used as a patsy. I had people who told me numerous, numerous, numerous times that it was going to be Sam Darnold. And I did think that there was a reason behind that because at the time, John Dorsey was there. I think he wanted to flush out leaks, and I was used as one of the guinea pigs. Hey, we get used. I got used. I have no problem admitting it. I have no shame in admitting it. And so the Browns took Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's still with his football team. Sam Darnold isn't. Baker Mayfield's been to the playoffs. Sam Darnold hasn't. Josh Allen in Buffalo has been to the playoffs twice, has had an MVP-style season. Sam Darnold hasn't. Rosen, basically out of the league from what it looks like. Lamar Jackson, one of the best quarterbacks in football, already an MVP. There are serious criticisms of him. We can get into him, but there's still an argument to be made about nature versus nurture. Because I got a guy like Lamar Jackson who is easily the best athlete of this class and one of the best athletes in professional sports, let alone the NFL. Would Lamar Jackson be him, be the guy that we think is with with some of the great accolades and some of the criticisms of, well, he needs a number one wide receiver and maybe his own offensive linemen are confused and, 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 and if, if it's a number one wide receiver or maybe his wide receivers don't know where to go sometimes, who the hell knows? The playoff performances, things like that. I still know I see a talented wide rec- or a talented quarterback and one of the best in the game regardless of whether he has a number one wide receiver or not. I know I see that. Would I be able to say that about Lamar Jackson if he had been taken by the Cleveland Browns, number one. With Hugh Jackson leaving everything as it is, with Hugh Jackson, with then Freddie Kitchens, a, a, a cup of coffee with Greg Williams as the interim head coach, and now with Kevin Stefanski, would we get to that level for Lamar Jackson in Cleveland? I know from nature I see somebody who's incredible. I saw it at, at Louisville. But I also know that nurture can be a problem there. That in the, and I hate to throw out another cliche, in the ultimate team game, but in the game that does have so much to do with your team, would they have gotten in your way? Would they have stopped Lamar Jackson from being him? Would, would Hugh Jackson have the type of mentality that John Harbaugh did where we have this quarterback, we know how good he is, we want to put him in the system, but we need to devise a system for him. We need to let him use his strength and his attributes and let him go out there and do it. I don't know if I can say that. Baker Mayfield on the other end. Why am I convinced that Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback and can be a franchise quarterback? I'm not going to use the term elite. Can be a franchise quarterback. The same reasons I just said. And got in his own way. Getting ready for 2019. Hugh Jackson. Greg Williams, Freddie Kitchens, who's a glorified fan, and now to Kevin Stefanski. And it looks like it may be, may be coming out of the woods a little bit. Would Sam Darnold, if he were taken by the Browns, like I was told he was going to be taken, and I was a fool, would Sam Darnold still be with the Browns? I say no. Would Josh Rosen? Not even a conversation. Would Josh Allen? If he were taken by the Browns, would he be Josh Allen the way we know him now? And vice versa, if Baker Mayfield was taken by the Bills, if Darnold was taken by Sean McDermott in the Bills, if Lamar Jackson was taken by Sean McDermott in the Bills, the type of system that they have, the support that they have for their quarterbacks, the way that they had patience unlike anything else that we saw. We said leading up to that 2018 draft, 
if you take Josh Allen, and this is something I do know because I knew his coaches personally getting ready for that 2018 draft. I'll drop names about how I'm terrible, and I'll drop names about how I knew some things. And I'll tell you this, the same people who love Josh Allen were also the same ones going, we're afraid of where he goes because where he goes will dictate where his success goes. He is not a guy who will take a franchise, and no matter how bad they are, will cover up for him. He's not Luck. He's not Mahomes. He's not one of those guys. You have to be patient, and in today's NFL, are we going to be able to be patient enough? He goes to Buffalo. I was nervous for him. The rest of America was nervous for him. We didn't see yet what Sean McDermott and his class or his his coaching staff were capable of. They were very patient with him. They used Tyrod Taylor the best way they possibly could. I thought they did a tremendous job with that. He got hurt. It might have been the best thing that could have happened to Josh Allen, him getting hurt, taking a month off, learning, coming back, being able to play within a system, and the game slowed down for him. Would Josh Allen, if he were taken by the Browns, the Cardinals, the Jets, would he be anything else? And it's why that reason there, I see a good coach moving up in the draft. Mac Jones makes sense. Mac Jones makes sense to the San Francisco 49ers. If I were Mac Jones, I'd be terrified to go to the New York Jets. Nothing against Robert Sala. The Jets have a history. For the same reasons, I'd be terrified if I were Sam Darnold going to the Jets or anybody else going to the Jets. The Jets have a history. The Browns, leading into there, had a history. Now things have changed. Baker Mayfield's done that. Again, see what I said about nature, nurture, and being able to overcome those type of things. I don't think we give Baker Mayfield nearly enough credit for being able to get through that. If he were with the Bills, if he were with the Baltimore Ravens, it might be a completely different conversation over the last three years that we've had over Baker Mayfield. I don't think we'd have anywhere near this roller coaster. Mac Jones makes sense. Does Justin Fields make sense to the Jets for Justin Fields' sake? No. Would Justin Fields make sense for the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick? Hell yes. For a good coaching staff, for somebody who knows what they're doing, hell yes. There's some guys who we consider perfect. Trevor Lawrence makes sense to both sides. Zach Wilson seems to make sense for both sides. But in these drafts, you go back to 2018, it tells you a lot of what you can see in 2021, where there will be guys who, because of their surroundings, will not have a chance in hell. And especially with how things change, where you go back to that 2018 class and you see where Josh Rosen was taken 10th. He's been with the 49ers now, by the way, a Miami and Tampa Bay already. It's been three seasons. We're changing quicker than we ever have, and we'll just use quarterbacks up and we'll move on and go to the next one. There's no time. There's a, there's a great example like Buffalo right there in our face. You got the right coach. You got the right support staff. You have some patience. Works out very well for you. But most teams don't allow themselves to have that. And there will be many, many more Browns, Jets, Cardinals, etc than you're ever going to find of the Buffalo Bills moving forward. Michael, South Carolina, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Yeah, I won't want you to be a fool, you know, later on down the line, but whoever gets Mac Jones, they're going to, they're going to be the winners of this draft. Why? Because he, he's good. He's a winner. I mean, he's good. So is Trevor Lawrence. I, so is Justin Fields. So is Zach Wilson. So is Trey Lance. Yeah, Kyle Trask won a I, lot of games. What's a winner got to do with just, anything? Because he's a winner. He's going to be a winner. 
It's going to be like another Tom Brady. You'll see. So so is Trevor Lawrence. So is Justin Fields. So is Zach Wilson. So is I, so is I'm Trey not Lance. buying that Trevor Lawrence crap. I just I'm not. Well, I I yeah, need a I need a what tells you what tells you other than he's won a lot of football games and he's going to be a great quarterback in the NFL. Because he's smart. He, he, he's very smart. He's Does that mean that – so I, I assume that Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Zach Wilson and Trey Lance are all smart. I don't think that any of those guys are dummies. I don't think I don't think they can read defenses quick. I'm talking about like two seconds, three seconds. When has Mac Jones had to read a defense with the Alabama Crimson Tide this year? Hey, he played every game in the SEC. He has Najee – whoa, 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 whoa. Devontae Smith and Najee to. Harris do not have to worry about anything in the in the SEC defense. What SEC defense gave them really any trouble this year? None but Florida. That one game, Florida. Uh, uh, but Flor- none Florida but Gators. Florida. So he, I have one example, one example of a defense in the SEC. But you're sure about Mac Jones? Maybe you are. But I, I, what you're saying to me is guesswork, Michael. No, it ain't. That's who I'm picking for the draft. That's who, whoever gets him, they're gonna be, they're gonna be, they're gonna do good down the road. All right, Michael. And whoever Thank gets you. some other guys, they're gonna be just like Baltimore. You know, well, maybe one playoff game, and that's it. Okay. Thank you for the call. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Well, he's a winner, so that's why he needs to go number three. That's why he needs to go number one. He's won a lot of games. I got a lot more reasons to question Mac Jones than I really do Justin Fields, I swear to you. I got more reasons to question Mac Jones than I did a lot of the other guys. I, I got more reasons to question a guy who during this offseason, now later in the season it, it looked like he could be a, a first-round pick. I'll, I'm not going to try to change history here for my argument. And I wasn't even trying to make that argument. I know I, I, I examined him to begin the argument about nature versus nurture, but at the beginning of the of the final stretch – yeah, it looked like he could be a first-round pick. We're talking number three overall. And that, that Kyle Shanahan has to have him over these other athletes, these other stronger athletes? Hmm. Doesn't make much sense. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Up next, we talk Masters. Jimmy Hanlon joins us, Fox Sports. It's Ken Carmen, CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 